0: Okay, you guys, I'm going to be honest. I used to loathe wearing bras because they were so uncomfortable and suffocating. They were the first thing that I ditched the moment I got back home. But Skims totally flipped the script for me. As a dedicated fan of Skims undies, I decided to give their bras a shot. And wow, Skims once again knocked it out of the park.
1: And if you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or a significant other, they are also going to like Skims.
0: Even the underwire bras are so cozy that you can literally just rock them all day without even realizing you're wearing a bra.
1: Peyton, Peyton loves skims. She's not lying. She's a supporter.
0: I do. I will purchase skims outside of this stuff, I'm also supposed to be doing ads for. So I purchased my ad stuff and then I'm also like, hey, you know, maybe I should just throw a little t-shirt in here or something. But currently I'm wearing the Fits Everybody push-up bra. I love it. It is so amazing. I also rocked my no-show bra under a dress one night when I went out and it was so cute to just have the mesh detailing poking out. So shop Skims bras at skims.com. They are now available in 62 sizes. 38 oh through 46 about. plus get free shipping on orders over 75 dollars. and if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you so after you place your order will you please just select podcast in the survey and then select our show murder with my husband in the drop down menu that follows Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. This is Murder With My Husband. I'm Peyton Moreland. And
1: I'm Garrett Moreland. And he's
0: the husband. And I'm the husband. Thank you so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Give us a thumbs up if you enjoy. And if you are listening, thank you for being here. If you can leave us a review, please do. If not, we're just happy to have you listening. Garrett's a little cold today. So if you're watching on YouTube, that's why he has a blanket.
1: (laughs) really comfortable
0: but gary go ahead and get into your 10 seconds
1: all right so for my 10 seconds this week i wanted to talk about merch real quick those that are patrons will get early access to be able to buy the merch Uh, we're super excited we're not sure how it's gonna go
0: yeah this is our first time but it is an exclusive drop so there's only a limited number of everything so that's why our patrons get first access and then after that everyone else go fast get your merch because an exclusive drop
1: we promised it's good quality. We worked really, really hard on this. That's
0: why it's taken so long. And we're
1: going to drop more designs and new designs um, in the coming weeks, in the coming yeah. months. So we're super excited.
0: Yeah, we are really excited about this. Our merch was important to us. We wanted to make it not just like our, our logo on your sweatshirt. We wanted to make it something that you would actually want to wear, kind of like a line. So we're really excited about this. Yeah, we are. So this case was suggested by Hannah through our Google form. So thank you, Hannah, for suggesting this. Our case sources are Grave Mysteries, season one, episode six, Meth, Seth, Death, and the Stupid Summerfield Six. It's a three-part series on YouTube by John Scoggins. ClickOrlando.com. Killer Woman with Piers Morgan, season two, episode five, and then Ocala.com. This week's case begins in 2011 in a quiet little town called Summerfield. Summerfield is located in central Florida and it's pretty small. They have some pastures, some fields, a little bit of mom and pa stores, but you really do have to drive to another city to do much. Mm-hmm. Summerfield does have its own skate park though, and a drive-in movie theater. But if you are in high school, you kind of have to get creative. And I remember one time actually, telling Garrett that on summer nights in my hometown, a lot of high school kids would just go hang out in parking lots. Like we'd all just drive to a parking lot and hang out. And he was like, why? And I'm like, cause there's nowhere else to go. (laughs) Like that's just what we did. And I think it's a little bit of a similar situation Mm -hmm. here. It's around springtime at the time of this case. And 15 year old Seth Jackson is a sophomore at the local high school. Seth was pretty tall for his age and he didn't struggle making friends. His best friend was William Samalot and together they hung out a lot. Seth liked MMA and BMX racing and kids at school say you could always count on Seth for anything. He was super chill. He was popular with the ladies. And although everything seems to be going well for Seth and his world, we all know that the real world is an ugly place where evil things happen. On April 18th, 2011, A Monday in the small town of Summerfield, all the high school kids are at school. Well, maybe not all of them, actually. William and Seth have plans to hang out after school, but all of William's texts to Seth are going unanswered. By lunchtime, William tries to call Seth, who doesn't appear to be at school. They had hung out just the night before, but now he's nowhere to be found. Getting worried, William decides to call Seth's mom, Sonia, and ask where Seth is. Sonia is confused by the call she thought that seth had spent the night at williams house the night before and they went to school together so she hadn't seen or heard from seth either and now she's nervous so Sonia decides to call the police, and Deputy Paul Bloom was on shift at the Marion County Sheriff's Office when the 911 call came in. Another deputy, Deputy Grantham, was sent to the Jacksons' home to take the report in person and get to know the situation a little bit more. Like, where was Seth? When was the last time he was seen? Who was yeah. he with? All of that. Sonia and her husband, Scott, were at the house when the deputy arrived. They tell him that they hadn't seen Seth since yesterday, and apparently he's not at school today, and he didn't come home last night. Okay. The Marion County Police aren't sending Amber Alerts out right away yet though because Seth is 15. They say nine times out of ten, a reported teenager comes back as a runaway anyways. Sonia tells the deputy that she understands that, but she is a little worried because she had texted Seth around 9 p.m. the night before, and the text had been unusual between them. She had asked him if he needed a ride home from William's house, and he got really angry with her out of the blue. He started swearing, calling her the B word, and that what? he's not coming home, um, that he's just going to spend the night at William's. Sonia knew this was out of character for Seth. He had never talked to her like that before, but he was like refusing to come home. It's weird. So she chalked it up to normal teenage hormones. Maybe something else was going on. And she decided she would just let him sleep at Williams and talk to him when he got home the next day. But as we know, it's now the next day and Seth is missing. The deputy was immediately suspicious of the text, but it almost furthered his narrative that Seth is a runaway. I mean, he had just gotten into a fight with his mom. Why would he want to come home?
1: I don't want to come home. Yeah. Go to my friend's house, blah, blah, blah.
0: So despite this, the sheriff's department knows that they need to solidify Seth's whereabouts the night before and see what was going on in his personal life to maybe find where he's hiding out now. They ask Sonia for access to Seth's phone records and she agrees to it, as well as handing over a list of Seth's friends for police to go talk to. Sonia also informs police that Seth and his girlfriend had just broke up a few weeks earlier and so she put her name down on the list too. Seth's ex-girlfriend was named Amber Wright. Amber and Seth had been dating for a couple months, um, and Seth was also friends with her brother Kyle, too. Um, and so Kyle and Amber might be a good place to start looking for Seth. After the interview, police searched Seth's bedroom and assure Sonia and her husband that the runaway teens always leave behind a trail and they would find Seth soon enough. It was time to start unfolding what was going on in Seth's life before he went missing. One of the first things police discover about Seth is that he had an active appearance online. He was on social media a lot, and this helped them discover more about him. Seth and Amber had begun dating back in December, and according to social media, they became pretty serious fast. They talked about being together forever. They seemed happy. They had a lot of pictures together. Kind of like your
1: typical in love high school relationship.
0: Deputy Grantham, who talked to Seth's parents, immediately heads over to Amber and Kyle's home to talk to them. It can't be a coincidence that her and Seth had just broke up and now he's gone. Mm -hmm. Deputy Grantham tells Amber Wright that Seth Jackson is missing and Amber tells him she actually saw Seth the night before in the neighborhood. They had actually hung outside for a bit.
1: Like as in last night? Yes, as in the night before.
0: Another girl named Charlie Ely was actually at Amber's house as well while the police were talking to her and she backs up her story. Um, Charlie was already graduated from high school. She was actually married to a man who was in prison at the time, but... So she's like 18 and married to a man, but her and Amber were best friends and she too had been there the night before when they had hung out with Seth and talked to him outside.
1: Weird. So it sounds like he just didn't want to come home.
0: Exactly. So they claim that Seth was arguing with his mother via text, which aligns with his mother's story. Uh Um, And so when he left, they just assumed that Seth was going home to fix whatever was going on with his mom. With two people who, as of now, were the last people to see Seth, Deputy Grantham calls for backup, and Lieutenant Todd Spisher responds to the call. They would like to to kind of separate the girls and nail down their stories individually, and so that's what they do. Lieutenant Spisher takes Charlie out to the intersection that her and Amber claim is where they hung out with Seth the night before. He asks her just once again to tell him what she remembers from the night before. Charlie said the same thing. They ran into him. They started talking. He was fighting with his mom via text. But then Charlie adds something to her story that she hadn't mentioned back at the house. She says that when Seth was getting ready to leave, they all heard a loud bang. And she doesn't know if it was a firecracker or a gun. But at the sound of the bang, Seth just took off sprinting down the road. And that's the last time they saw him.
1: So wait, how far away were they from him?
0: They were standing right next to him. They were hanging out. And then they heard a bang and he just took off. This oh, so is what...
1: Seth was with them.
0: Yes. They
1: mm-hmm. heard a bang and then Seth went running.
0: Yes. This is what Charlie, okay. who is the already graduated girl who's best friends with got Amber, it. Seth's ex-girlfriend, is saying. Oh, it's a whole it's a whole triangle. You got a whole
1: triangle already.
0: So Charlie says, I don't know. Seth just took off fast running. He might have even gotten shot. And maybe he just started running for his life. And the cops like
1: that's kind of weird.
0: What? Charlie says she's not sure. She doesn't know where the bang came from, but she does remember seeing a person standing about 35 yards away that might have been the source of the bang. And then she tells the lieutenant she knows who this person is, too. It's a friend named Mike Bargo. And the thing about Mike Bargo, he's Amber's new boyfriend. He's the reason that Seth and her broke up in the first place. So we're now adding another character into the mix, which is this Mark Bargo guy who is okay. who is the reason that Amber and Seth broke up because now it's Amber's new boyfriend. I feel
1: like stories and everything are already getting suspicious.
0: Already. So Charlie explains to Lieutenant Spisher that Mike, like her, is actually graduated too. He's 18. And because Charlie lives on her own, Mike stays at her house a lot. She rents the house with another boy, a 20-year-old Justin Soto. And Charlie and Mike had actually slept together before, but now he's dating Amber, her best friend. So it's no big deal. Mm. And that's how Mike and Amber had met. It wasn't long before Amber was attracted to Mike, the older, more mature man than her high school boyfriend, Seth. She didn't want to date a high school boy anymore. She was ready to move on. And because of this, Mike and Seth hate each other. Like, obviously. Lieutenant Spisher slows Charlie down. He's like, okay, Are you 100% sure the other person there was Mike Bargo? She says she doesn't know. I don't know, really, but it looked like him. And he goes, hey, none of this is making sense. Like, you're not making sense.
1: But she's just going in circles. And
0: Now there's this whole other part to the story than what they told him back at the house. Like, it just doesn't make sense.
1: And is it not weird that the ex-boyfriend and now the ex-girlfriend, like, hung out? You know what I'm saying? Because they were exes and now they're hanging out again.
0: Um, like how Seth came. Correct. Yeah, it's weird. Like if she's moved on with Mike and Seth and Mike supposedly hate each other, yep. why are, why did Seth come back over? But I'm talking that back up to like in high school, you like I feel like yeah people who broke up would always like get back together and then break up and then get back together yep. and break up. So that's what I'm thinking. But back at Amber's house, Deputy Grantham, who is interviewing Amber, is hearing a pretty different version of what happened the night before than what Charlie is telling Lieutenant.
1: Okay.
0: Amber doesn't mention any other person hanging outside with them or on the street that night. She says it was just her, Charlie, and Seth. And that after Seth went home, not from running off because of a bang, might I add, her and Charlie just came back to the house and hung out alone. Deputy Grantham asks Amber about the breakup and she tells him it was mutual. It was mutual between me and Seth. It was no big deal. It wasn't dramatic or anything. Lieutenant Spisher returns to the house with Charlie. And once him and Deputy Grantham talk, they know something's not adding up. Both of the girls' stories are different. They decide to pull Amber aside and confront her about Charlie's story and how it's pretty different from hers. They start by asking her if she saw Mike Bargo the night before. And she's like no i didn't so they tell her that charlie says mike was actually outside with them and that he might have shot seth amber denies it she says that didn't happen um seth just went home um, i don't know why charlie's saying that spisher and grantham ask her why she didn't tell them about her new boyfriend mike and she tells them, listen i didn't think it was important it's not that big a deal. The police are confused because Amber is calm and relaxed. She doesn't seem nervous, and she's showing no signs of dishonesty. Yeah. So despite the contradicting stories, both the girls agree that they saw Seth the night before, and they don't know where he or Mike Bargo are now. None of this makes sense. But back at home... William, his best friend, is so worried and so he decides to try and find Seth on his own. He hops on his bike and rides over to Amber's house to ask her if she knows where he is. But once there, he obviously runs into Lieutenant Spisher. William asks them if they are there asking about Seth, his missing best friend. They tell him, yes, we are. We just talked to Amber and Charlie about it. They ask William when the last time he saw Seth was. And William says, well, I was just hanging out with Seth last night.
1: Oh, my gosh. So everyone in the town apparently hung out with Seth last night. All right, everybody, we're talking about food, not just any food, but daily harvest. And when it comes to eating well, we are not the best at it. And we're also not very good cooks. That's why we love daily harvest. They have no gluten fillers, seed oils, added sugars or starches. Daily Harvest really takes the guesswork and effort out of cooking because they deliver delicious smoothies and other options that are built on organic fruits and vegetables straight to your door. I love their smoothies. Yeah, Garrett
0: Garrett drinks one every day. And when it comes to variety, Daily Harvest is always keeping it exciting as well. They have tons of great smoothies and other meal options that look so delicious. You never get bored when it comes to meals and snacks. So take the guessing out of eating well and try Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash husband to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash husband for $30 off your first box and free shipping.
1: Again, go check out their stuff. They got food. They got smoothies. They got something for lunch, breakfast, anytime you want to eat something. It's very convenient, and we love it. DailyHarvest.com/husband. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to five hundred dollars in five minutes or less. No credit check. No late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest. And then settle up later
0: this would have been nice in college when i kept getting slapped with parking tickets oh and i literally gosh. didn't have I, any wiggle room or
1: when i kept getting towed
0: yeah, I could have used Dave. Extra cash gives you more money to buy groceries, fill a tank, and pay rent without having to wait for your next paycheck. It's time to remove extra stress with extra cash. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to make their finances easier. In fact, Dave has helped its members avoid over $2.5 billion in overdraft fees since 2017.
1: Download Dave today at Dave.com slash husband. That's Dave.com slash husband. Get up to $500 in five minutes or less when you download Dave. No credit check, no late fees.
0: Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com husband. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. So they were hanging out with some of their other school friends, specifically another friend named Brittany Jones. And they were all just playing video games when Seth got a phone call from Amber, his ex-girlfriend. Brittany says it was a text. William says it was a phone call. So like sources differed. So I'm not sure.
1: It's kind of funny how everyone's story is, is different. Like something is going on.
0: Yeah. So despite William's pleas, you know, don't answer the phone, Seth. It's your ex-girlfriend. She's nothing but trouble. Please don't talk to her. Seth takes the call. William said that Amber told Seth that she loved him and she wanted to get back together on that phone call that night. Both William and Brittany try to tell Seth to stop. Listen, she's, she's lying. She has a new boyfriend. This is, this is not good, but you you know how your best friend would always like have your back and best interests. And when it came to the ex, like yeah. most of us, they'd be like, don't, don't get back together with them. They're, they're trouble. And you would just be like, you yeah, yeah. And then anyways. you'd always do it. Yeah. So that's kind of what's happening here. Seth loves Amber. He cares about her. And despite their breakup and this new Mike Bargo older kid, he still wanted to be with her. So after supposedly Amber called him that night, Seth told William he was going to go home. He was like, I'm just not even going to engage. I'm just going to go home. William knows better. And he goes, no dude, really don't go see her. Like just go home. Um, and he's like, I'm not going Mm -hmm. to, Seth says, I'm not going to. And he leaves. That was the last William had seen his best friend, Seth. And then remember, Seth doesn't actually ever go home. Lieutenant Spisher and Deputy Grantham then ask William about Mike Bargo, Amber's supposed new boyfriend. William tells them that Mike had a really bad reputation. He would hang out with high school kids because he wanted a crew of people around him, but no one his own age would hang out with him. William says that Mike tried to act hard, but really he had to prey on kids younger than him for people people to think he was cool, but that it worked. And Mike Bargo was the ringleader of a bunch of high school kids who hung out at Charlie's house. Okay, So this is already a red flag. Like you have a graduated older kid who's still there hanging out with all these high school kids. And these kids were all like their own little rebellious posse. It was all the high school kids who were doing things that high school kids probably shouldn't be because Mike Bargo, the older guy, could get this stuff for them, right? So William tells police that Amber and her brother Kyle had been spending most of their time at Charlie's house with Mike Bargo doing whatever it is they wanted to do. They did drugs, they broke laws, you know. And despite now three different stories that don't line up about Seth the night before, police tell William that most likely Seth just ran away. He would be back soon. When William hears this, he freaks out. He tells the police that Seth didn't run away. This isn't him. Something bad has happened. Spisher and Grantham say goodbye to William and they head back to the police station. But the way that William had reacted with such worry and urgency made them question if Seth really had just run away. Like something seems a little off.
1: What was kind of weird is that I'm still thinking back to when Charlie said, oh, he could have been shot, but But I'm not sure. I I don't know.
0: And then Amber's like, no, 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 that didn't happen at all.
1: Like, what do you? Wouldn't you know if someone got Got shot? shot? It just seemed, uh, that was just kind of weird weird to me.
0: So once back at the station, they begin digging in harder to the disappearance. They decide to set up a search perimeter and they look into gaining access to the phone records. But while waiting for that, they put out a bolo for Seth that would go out to the surrounding departments. Um, After that step, police decide to try and find Mike Bargo. And Amber's brother, Kyle Hooper. It seems that these are the two people who are involved in everyone's story, but they haven't been able to talk to them yet.
1: I feel like I'm like listening to a high school thriller TV show.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like we're in Riverdale right yeah. now. Yes, exactly. So they pull up Mike Bargo's record because he's an adult mm-hmm. and they discovered that he had been reported to have access to a weapon in the past and that actually he had a restraining order out against him in the past year. So they were like, we need to talk to this guy. Yeah. Back at Amber's house, William, Seth's best friend, didn't forget why he came there in the first place. So he felt like he needed to search for his friend and he knew he needed to talk to Amber. So when police left, Seth went up to talk to her. And William and Amber had actually been friends when Seth started dating her, but once Amber dumped Seth for Mike, their friendship ended and that's right. It hadn't been a mutual breakup like Amber told police. Mm -hmm. It was messy. William knows that Amber had randomly broke up with Seth or Seth had broke up with her because of cheating it kind of depends on who you talk to but either way the breakup hurts Seth bad William confronts Amber at her home and tells her to tell him what's going on Amber tells William what she told police that Seth had come by last night to hang out and then he left William tells her listen I know you're lying something else has happened he's missing tell me the truth
1: I feel like the only person I trust right now is William
0: I agree I agree.
1: He just sounds right now like the most trustworthy person. I
0: agree. So Amber tells William to leave that there's some things he doesn't need to know. William is stunned. Amber basically just confirmed that she knows more about what's happened to Seth than she's leading. It's crazy. So William leaves the house um, because Amber makes him. And he knows that Seth's disappearance is connected to the breakup with Amber and her new boyfriend, Mike Bargo. But he doesn't know how. Police are now discovering while digging through Seth's life online that the breakup had not been amicable. Seth and Amber had actually been fighting about it online in front of everyone. They were calling each other horrible names, expressing their hate for each other. And finally, when Seth finds out that Amber was actually dating Mike, the hostility grows worse. In late March, when Seth finds out that Mike and Amber are at a party together, he decides to show up and confront both of them. Things at the party get heated between the two, and Seth hits Mike. Oh, dang. Now, it wasn't like a brawl. I mean, like, Seth punched Mike once, and then Mike went down. And this doesn't sit well. Like,
1: he got knocked out?
0: Yes. This doesn't sit well with this 18-year-old, graduated, needy-for-attention Mike, who preys on high school people. Um, He just got knocked out by his girlfriend's 15-year-old ex-boyfriend at his own party in front of all of these kids that go to school. So talk about an ego crush, right? So after the party, basically a social media war begins between Seth, Amber, and Mike. They are making threats. They are going back and forth. Amber was bashing Seth. Seth was bashing Amber. Like this is not pretty. There's name calling. It's a big deal. Okay, And it's not long before Kyle... Amber's brother jumps in online to defend his sister posts for Seth to stop calling Amber names on Facebook. It's this huge deal and it doesn't matter. The posts escalate and Seth reaches his breaking point. So one night Seth goes to Amber's house and goes ballistic. He's on her front lawn, just yelling at her, basically word vomiting. He's losing it. And Amber doesn't come outside. And so eventually Seth leaves, but this is how crazy they this don't call has gotten. cops or anything. No, but this is how bad this breakup and Mike Bargo and everything has gotten. So at this point as police are finding all this out, police and William are separately searching for Mike Bargo. He's like the missing link. But William finally finds Kyle, Amber's brother, instead. He asks him, hey, where's Seth? Kyle begins stuttering. He's telling William he hasn't seen him. William asks him where Mike is. Kyle says, oh, I don't know where Mike is either. And William's like, dude, you guys like hang out together every day. And he's like, no, 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 I don't know where he is.
1: The cops haven't found Kyle yet?
0: No, Kyle and Mike are both missing. Okay. The cops haven't found Kyle yet, but William just ran into Kyle. Yeah. So William knows something is wrong with Kyle. He was skittish. He was dancing around his questions and he actually just like got up and left in the middle of their conversation. So William's like, something is going on. It seems like despite effort, police and William aren't really getting anywhere or any answers until... On Tuesday morning, the Marion County Sheriff's Office get a call from a woman named Tracy Wright. And Tracy Wright is Amber and Kyle's mother. So Tracy tells police that an officer needs to come to her home right away because her son Kyle has information about Seth, the missing boy from town. Okay. So police are stunned. They send an officer to Tracy Wright's home and they pick up Amber and Kyle. Detectives ask Amber and Kyle to turn over their phones and they separate the two at the police station. In one room is Amber and in another is Kyle and his mom. Kyle tells police that Sunday night, this is the night that Seth went missing. Seth wanted to talk to his sister and so Amber and Charlie came to Charlie's house with Mike Bargo and then Seth shows up later so at Charlie's house this uh, it's like she's renting this home Um, is Mike Bargo the new boyfriend Amber Wright, Seth's ex-girlfriend Kyle Amber's brother and Justin Soto which is the other boy that rents a room at the home with Charlie Justin Mike and and Charlie are all over 18 okay And then Kyle is obviously there too. So Kyle tells police that he doesn't like Seth because Seth had been attacking Amber online and Kyle seems on edge in this interview. You can tell he's nervous. Both him and his mom keep like rubbing their heads in distress. They're like rubbing their temples. Kyle keeps putting his head in his hands and like leaning on his, um, uh-huh. knees. It, you can just tell that something's wrong. So Kyle says that when Seth showed up to talk to Amber that night, Mike randomly shot him multiple times like Seth showed up Mike grabbed his gun and shot him
1: so Charlie was
0: was kind of matching that story but it was inside the house it wasn't outside what
1: the heck okay
0: he says that he saw Mike kill Seth but no one else knew that he was going to do it it was just a random thing and so they bring Amber in next and she says that she was just too scared to be honest with the police before when they came to her house but that night at Charlie's house Seth had showed up. Charlie answered the door and Seth told her he wanted to talk to Amber so Charlie let him in. Amber says that Kyle was in the living room at this point and Mike was in his own room at Charlie's house. Amber says that her and Seth are just talking in the living room when randomly out of the blue Mike comes out of his room and shoots Seth.
1: Oh my! So gosh.
0: she says her and Charlie ran into Charlie's room and shut the door. They're freaking out. They're scared. She says that after that, Mike came in and told them, if you say anything, I'm going to kill both of you too. And so that's why she hadn't said anything. Okay. So police are stunned, but they bring Charlie in to confirm the story. They're like, okay, we have Kyle's story. We have Amber's story. Now we need to talk to Charlie. So Charlie comes in and she drops a bomb that Seth didn't just randomly show up to talk that night. He was in fact lured there by Amber because Mike said that he wanted to scare him.
1: No way. So
0: remember how William had said that they were all hanging out and then Amber either texted or called him and was like, hey, I need to talk to you. I want to get back together, come over. Yep. So that did happen. And it was because Mike had said, Amber get seth over to the house now i want to scare him that's what charlie's saying so charlie says she didn't know that mike was going to kill him that that's the reason he had had amber text him over but charlie amber and kyle have now said that mike bargo killed seth in a fit of rage like all three of their stories say that so after the interviews all three of the teens are put into a room together at the police station and like all of us know, these rooms have cameras. They have audio. You can watch like any interrogation room has this.
1: And for some reason, people always forget that.
0: And for some reason, these three teenagers do not think that that is a thing.
1: No way. So, so th- you can see this.
0: OK, it's not really released to the public, but any like oh. documentary about this has it. So I was unable to find like the whole thing, but I saw bits and pieces in my sources um, and this part is eerie because they are unaware that they are being filmed and they've all three just admitted that mike bargo killed seth that night and that they were all there so amber kyle and charlie spill everything in this room while being watched by police
1: okay all right we're jumping into a shopify ad love shopify bunch of ads for them if you have any type of online business e-commerce store at all please go and check out shopify you will absolutely love it and make sure you use code husband or go to shopify.com slash husband?
0: I think sometimes starting something, we all have these aspirations, right? We're like, oh, I make these little, I knit these little onesies. I really want to sell them or I do this or I do that. But then you have no idea what that actually looks like. Shopify is the answer. That is how you do it. And when we started podcasting, I was like, okay, maybe we're done with Shopify. But nope, here we are selling merch. So we're still using it.
1: From the launch your online store stage to the real life store stage, all the way to the—did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. No, we have not hit a million orders on Murder with My Husband, but maybe one day. <laughs> Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to thirty-six percent better compared to other leading commerce platforms. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothies, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs to every size across 175 countries.
0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash husband. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com husband now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. You guys don't forget to use code husband. It really, it, it benefits you and it benefits us. Shopify.com husband. They reveal that basically all of them were in on this plot to lure Seth over to the house that night and kill him. It was planned and it was executed.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Kyle says that Seth was not innocent, that they didn't kill an innocent kid because Seth was, you know, threatening Amber online, that he deserved what they did. And they also reveal that another person, the 20-year-old Justin Soto was there as well. So police didn't know about Justin being there until these three kids talk about it. So literally these two teenagers and then the three adults murdered a 15-year-old boy in cold blood. They lured him to this house and they murdered him all knowing that they were going that to do insane. it.
1: That is insane.
0: Insane. Absolutely insane. So, and during this like footage, Amber is like, you know, people are going to hate us because we murdered a 15-year-old boy. You know, like no one's going to want to be our friend after this. They She's not even killed like-
1: killed someone. She-
0: yeah, and she's not even. They're going to jail. She can't even fathom it. She she says at one point she's like puts her hands in her head and she goes, "I'm not going to get out of here till I'm 20." She's like 16. That's four years. She, first degree murder. You're going to be in for a lot longer Holy than that. Crap. They they can't even fathom what they've done. Like yeah, they yeah. have no idea.
1: They think it's like a joke.
0: Yes, I mean there's there right now there's five of them who lured this 15 year old boy to a house. I think. They just think, oh well, we we did this thing, like we're a gang. Yeah, we did this thing, and now I'm not going to get out of here for four years. Like it's just so weird. So phone records show that Amber did in fact get in touch with Seth that night and tell him that she wanted to get back together, and this was around seven p.m.
1: So that's what I was when I was saying earlier. Isn't it kind of weird that Seth just went over?
0: Well, he loved her. Yeah. Like he, he was really upset that she had chosen Mike over him Yeah, and it had been this big mess. But remember in high school, like,
1: but it was, it was a plan. It was it, all, it was a plan. She didn't
0: actually mean that she mm-hmm. literally Amber literally sent that text knowing that Seth was in love with her and that he would show up. Yeah. And she knew that they he wasn't coming over to get back together. She knew that, but she still did it. It's, it's evil. So she texted him to meet her at the corner at 140th Street and 58th Court Street. Um, this is by Charlie's house. This is the intersection that Charlie had said originally told police that they had hung out at. So Seth walks there and at 8.22 p.m. he texts her that he's there. Seth meets Amber out on the street, but is surprised when Charlie is there too. Amber had said they would be alone. And this part is heart-wrenching. Seth had actually texted Amber and said, Amber, if you're setting me up to be jumped right now by your new boyfriend, I will never talk to you again.
1: Oh, that's horrible. Because he
0: knew that there was really like bad tension between them. And Amber said, no, it's just me. I just miss you. It's just me. So yeah. when Seth shows up and Charlie's there, he's like, What the heck, Amber? Like you said, it was just going to be us. Amber tells him, hey, just come back to Charlie's place. It's just the three of us. And I just, I just want to talk to you there. So the three of them walk there. And once Seth is there, him and Amber sit alone in the living room and unbeknownst to Seth, Mike and Kyle are waiting in the back room. Randomly, Kyle and Justin Soto, who lived like rented a, a room there, walk out and begin beating Seth over the head. They come up behind him while he's talking to her and they just begin beating him over the head.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And then Mike walks out with a gun and he tells the boys to move and he begins shooting Seth. Seth runs out the front door trying to escape, but is shot again in the yard. And they go out and drag him back inside the house. No
1: way. This is so evil.
0: So evil. So once inside the house and still alive, they place Seth into the bathtub and I'm really not going to go into detail about what happened here and the remainder of the night, but they continue to torture him in very cruel ways. It's a slow death, and I'm not going to go into detail, but okay. you can look it up. Um, but once Seth is finally killed, they burn Seth's body in a bonfire outside as they all sit around it and drink and laugh and hang out while his body is literally burning in the fire.
1: This is probably one of the most evil things. And I've it's ever just heard. like
0: five people like five people have killed like how does that like i can't i can't even fathom this yeah so when police search the crime scene of the house charlie's house they find human bones in the fire pit um they find the rest of the remains nearby in three separate five gallon paint buckets that were dumped into a quarry so the rest of Seth's body the quarry was down at the bottom of a cliff. And so they had literally the next morning just put his body parts into these buckets, walked over and threw these buckets off the cliff into the quarry like he's trash.
1: And they're saying all this in that room?
0: Basically, but not all of these details okay. are released in that room. These are room. just all the these details. These just come and... out later. Yeah. Got it. Um, so Mike Bargo was actually hiding out 80 miles away at a friend's house and he is found and arrested. And he asks for a lawyer immediately, so he's not ever interrogated alone, so we don't have that. But according to John Scogin's YouTube video on this case, police discovered that a 27-year-old man named James Haven allegedly came over the next morning and helped Mike Bargo dump the body into the quarry. So we now have six people yeah. who are in on this. And so James was charged as an accessory after the fact. Amber Wright, Kyle Hooper, Charlie Ely, and Justin Soto are all tried as adults and convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility so, of parole. So
1: she's not getting out at 20.
0: No. So the, all four of them are sentenced to life in prison without Good. the possibility. Mike Bargo gets the death penalty. Wow. And he becomes the youngest person in Florida on death row. And he's
1: still and on death row?
0: all of this happens because of those details that I left out because it was especially heinous. Got it. And so that's why they were able to go this extreme. As of June 17th, 2020, Charlie Ely is getting out of prison after serving only nine years. She appealed and the appeal went through. Whoa. She said that she... She she claimed her innocence like saying I never actually knew. I I didn't know that it was going to be to this extent. I didn't take part in the burning and so she had a good lawyer and so she got her but conviction. But she
1: still planned to kill someone.
0: Exactly, exactly. So she maintained her innocence and appealed and eventually one of those stuck, but the rest of them are still in prison. Okay. And at one point Mike Bargo's death penalty sentence like got in put into question, but then the Supreme Court was like no, we're upholding it. The interview Amber did with Pierce Morgan on his show Killer Women from Gel, she said that they were just, her and Seth were just two teenagers having sex and doing drugs. And she doesn't know why he had to die, but she just went along with it. So Amber also says that she didn't kill Seth to be with Mike. She wasn't like, oh, it would just been easier if he was gone. Um, She just thought that she was in love with him. And so she, but now she knows it wasn't love, but she doesn't really know why she did it. Mike from the beginning claimed he and Amber were just friends, even though they both had each other's initials tattooed on their private areas. Yeah. So when Mike went to trial, he was like, no, me and Amber were never boyfriend, girlfriend. And Amber's like, yeah, we were. And he's yeah. like, no, we weren't. Amber says she was sleeping with Mike, which he denies. Um, and she says the only reason she was doing it was to try and hurt Seth that it was on purpose. And she, she, all she says is we were in high school and I don't know, it was just about who could hurt the other more until she killed him. Yeah, She says that at the time, she was a cold manipulative person who got what she wanted And I really do think Amber is telling the truth through the whole interview. When Pierce reads her back, the text that she used to lure Seth to his death, she admits it's monstrous and evil. Like, I don't know what else to say. She doesn't show much emotion, but she also doesn't seem like happy or deceitful. She honestly just seems really cold and turned off to the whole thing. Um, She says that when her verdict of life was read, she felt like she deserved it and she can't change it. And she knows that she won't last very long. Like she thinks that she'll commit suicide before she dies in prison. And I don't wanna really speak anymore for what Amber said during this interview because Seth doesn't get the chance to speak for himself. Um, He doesn't get to speak, so I'm not gonna give her that platform either. Seth loved hard and he was killed for it. It's not fair. Group killers are strange because we have to ask if any of them would have done it without the other. Um, Would all of them have killed on their own? But either way, it doesn't matter. They killed and they tortured a boy who was innocent that night. Mm -hmm. Um, This world is cruel, so remember to love those people in your life today a little bit harder after hearing this story and we will think of seth jackson today
1: man that is horrible
0: it's a really Mm. really bad case
1: monsters every single one of them
0: just like i understand everyone
1: that was involved just pure pure, monsters like i
0: understand there was feuding but for you to like lure him over by saying i want to get back together and then just attack him yeah after he explicitly texted you and said if this is to jump me i will never talk to you again yeah and they all knew it they all planned it and they all tried to hide it it's just so crazy crazy yeah but that is our case this week thank you so much for listening a reminder about our merch our exclusive drop we are really super excited about it thank you so much for always supporting us thank you for loving us and we will see you guys next week with another episode i love it and i hate it goodbye